rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Good evening, everyone. <clears throat> Why didn't I clear my throat before I started the stream? I don't know. Because we do it live. We're doing it anyway. My name is Tara Devlin. I know. Oof. I need a haircut. I need something. I need patrons so we can get, I don't know. A studio, makeup artist up in this bitch. Do something about this. Do something. Help me out here. That's okay. We're doing it anyway. My name is Tara Devlin. We meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And then we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices and anytime on the Progressive Voices app. We are also on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. And if you have a minute, go over to iTunes and give the show a good review. That's it. You got to become a patron or I don't know. What what are you going to do? The show, what are we going to do? I mean, if we don't have enough patrons, we won't do a show. That's just how it goes. We have to counteract the corporate media. So we have a long way to go. We're not funded by billionaires. We only have each other. So this is why I have to do these pitches. If you're not already a patron... Or if you can't afford to be a patron, that's understandable as well. We're living in the United States of serfs and lords, after all. There are other ways to support the show, like sharing the show with your friends, sharing the clips that we make, try to get more viewers, listeners, and other people here to join our community, our very kick-ass community that meets at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. Come to the YouTube channel if you can. Because that's where most of the people are hanging out. Not most. Most of the cool people. All the cool people are on YouTube. Hopefully they won't shut us down again. This is a problem. That's why we need your help. If, I don't know, the bigger we grow, the less they can F with us. Okay? We'll have a bigger platform to do something about it. I heard that David Pakman also got shut down on YouTube after doing a Democratic debate watch party. But he has a lawyer. To get on it. I don't got a lawyer. We got each other. I was like, put me in on that lawyer. On that, give me some pro bono work here. I don't have a friggin' lawyer to get, to hop on the case. Maybe we'll need a lawyer one day. Who the hell knows? I hope not, honestly. I'm too stressed out. I don't need a lawyer. I don't need any law, legal problems. So, become a patron. That's all I can say. It's, what if you think about it like this. It's, a cup of goddamn coffee. If you're watching the show now or listening to the podcast tomorrow on Progressive Voices, it's, you know, it's a, it's a cup of, it's a mocha cappuccino at Starbucks if you want to become a $20 a month patron. That's four shows definite on Saturdays, right? Each month, well, four Saturdays in a month for the most part. And then we do the weekday specials. Cut it down like that. It's like a cup of coffee a week. Hanging out with us. Trying to make the world a better place. That's what it's about. Ultimately, we're here to counteract the corporate media narrative, which is actively working against us. When I talk about the United States of serfs and lords, we're the serfs. We don't have any power here. We are at the mercy of our betters. And this is the exact system the founders fought a revolution to escape. It really is. 
Not exactly, obviously. We don't have an outright king. We don't have an outright aristocracy, but they are working on it. And I wouldn't be surprised if I had the ability to time travel and I went into the future to see that America was, again, once again, an intergenerational aristocracy. That's what they're doing. That's what happens when you roll back the estate tax. It's what happens when you have a, 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 even the serfs crying and proclaiming themselves to be capitalists. We're capitalists. We won't stop capitalism. We hate regulation. We need deregulation and no taxes on the rich. I never saw a poor man give a... Uh, give somebody a job. This is the argument I hear all the time from right-wingers, from the serfs, the right-wing serfs, because they think, oh, I never got a job from a poor man. Bullshit. The only reason you have a job is because there's demand. That's how it works. Supply-side economics is nothing but voodoo economics. It's bullshit. And we're living in the trickle-down aftermath of Reaganomics. And the saddest and most distressing part of this job and fighting for the FDR Democratic Party, for the New Deal to carry the mantle of the real Democratic Party over the finish line is listening to my fellow serfs peddle the bullshit themselves, proclaim themselves to be enemies of regulation, enemies of taxing the rich. We don't want to tax them. There's no greater gift to our oppressors than the ignorance, than the learned helplessness of many of our fellow Americans. I've posted on my Facebook feed, I had donated to Bernie Sanders, and then they give an opportunity to post onto Twitter and whatever else. So I posted on my personal Facebook feed, I am voting for Bernie Sanders, we're still in this, the nomination's not over yet and talked about why I am voting for Bernie and why I support Bernie, that he is a real FDR Democrat. He's a real Democrat. When you want to come down to it, we always talk about Democrat, who's a real Democrat. I don't know if a, a real Democrat is somebody who undermined the FDR New Deal policies that built the middle class to begin with, but, and I, that's what I wrote. I'm, this is why I'm for Bernie Sanders. And somebody wrote, oh, I'm sorry, we don't want to be Cuba. Some person that I know, who I, obviously is not that swift, she's somebody I know from the comedy community, but I was just like, she's not a rich person by any stretch of the imagination. She's a struggling worker like the rest of us serfs. So it's amazing to me, I had that mirror put up on my personal Facebook page about just what we're up against. People who benefit from socialism, from socialist security, from the socialist policies, that's the nature of human beings. We're socialist. We are social creatures. Banding together as a government, we decide what kind of government we want, what kind of an economy we want. Do we want an economy that works for nobody but the 1%, that funnels everything up to the rich? Or do we want an economy that works for all? What is the purpose of an economy? Is it just to make the rich richer? I don't think so. And I know that this person is on all kinds of government assistance. So for this particular human being to turn around and say, I'm sorry, we don't want to be Cuba, is 
case in point that propaganda works. This is what she's hearing. We don't want to be Cuba. We don't want to be Venezuela. But we do. We would like to have a functioning democracy. And that's what it takes. What it takes is to put the economic royalists back in their place. They're not the um, end-all and be-all of life. In fact, we don't want an aristocracy to develop or the economic royalists to be so powerful that they gobble up government itself. And this is what was a common, we commonly understood that as Americans. And we would regulate the, I mean, this is after the first Gilded Age. People, at least during the Gilded Age and after, I'm, I'm sure there were others who were crying. Yeah, there always are. Those who are working on the side of their, of their, of the oppressors, and they, they're always they're, they're, they're legion. So I'm sure. I mean, forget it. I'm not. It's not even the speculation. It's, it's the fact. So, but um, yeah. Um, what was I saying? When they buzz on the on the goddamn door, this is why I ask you to be a patron because maybe one day we'll actually have a real studio. I don't know. As long as it has cats running around, then we'll be able to continue to do the show. But yeah, so for someone to say, "Oh, we don't want this country to America to be Cuba," who the fuck ever said that? Who ever said that we wanted America to be Cuba? Bernie never says that. And in fact, just like we read with Chris Chris Hedges' article that we read on the Wednesday show, that, if anything, Bernie is, he is a moderate Democrat. He's asking for moderate reforms that may seem extreme when you're living in an oligarchy. It's only extreme to the, to the point that we have an entire corporate media establishment framing it that way, because they don't frame actual extremism as as extremism they they frame those things as patriotic imperatives like funneling more money to the rich or endless wars endless wars of corporate aggression why are we still in a war based on lies that's not extreme it's not extreme to send our fellow americans to die for a war based on lies and to even even propose a candidate who who thinks who voted for that war who thinks that's okay we're still in this war 20 years later, there are people being born who are taking the oath to go into the service who weren't even born when the war began and now they're going off and we're fighting we're funding them without question. We're funding the Pentagon without question, where they, they disappear trillions of dollars as a rounding error, and nobody ever knows and gets to the bottom of it. But all of the policies that we need to continue having a functioning democracy, not to continue, what am I saying? To even have a functioning democracy, because this is not functioning. It's not functioning when you have a system where 50% are under, they're not even in the middle class. Now, for the first time since, I don't know when, I, I don't remember the exact date, but 
we have less people, that less than 50% of the American population is uh, in the middle class. And that's not okay. That's, that's a sign of failure. So don't give me this crap about moderate and incremental change. What there's no change. Incrementalism, this country and the earth, the earth is on the brink of extinction of inhabit I can't say that word. Uh, in inhabitable, Inha- uninhabitable, uninhabitable. But oh, I'm getting better. Uninhabitability. Okay. And we they're they're talking about moderate, moderate my ass. We have less than fifty percent of the American people in the middle class, in the actual middle class. So don't keep talking to me, Amy Klobuchar, about a middle class, about your moderate fucking uh, pursued by grace anecdotes. Give me a break. It's such, it's so clear to me what's going on with the entire corporate media establishment propelling. They picked Joe Biden. Why? Why him? The three-time loser. The one who is worse than Hillary. Honestly, the only thing that he has going for him that's not Hillary is that he's not Hillary. That's, that's the only saving grace, is that he's not Hillary. And he has, doesn't have as much of a 30-year cottage industry built up against him. But it's, he, he's the weakest candidate to go up against Trump for all of the reasons that Hillary was the weakest candidate and more, including his vote on NAFTA and CAFTA, sending our uh, jobs. How many millions of American jobs went overseas? I think it was in the, the numbers, 8 million American jobs. Those are 8 million families. 8 million people who got a pink slip while the CEOs got a raise. They always get a raise, though. And to do something about it, to, to protect democracy from oligarchy, as is framed as a, uh, is too far left. It's just too far. A moderate, this country is dying of, be, of, the, of moderates. They're the worst. Honestly, I believe, you know, it's like, what um i don't know let me just play this video actually i'm looking at the chat right now and i see we have hernan hello hello from the mike malloy show that's nice thank you for stopping by he does mike malloy's videos he makes them and hey maybe we can do something together you know what i mean and i will be in new york i live in new york city but we will be getting together on the 24th, I believe. It's the 24th, right? It's a Saturday of May, in May. And there'll be a Mike Malloy and Progressive Voices meetup, including me, Malloy, and so anyone else we can round up? Possibly Randy Rhodes? I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if, if Mike's reached, reached out to her. And Sam Cedar, probably. So, Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for your super chats. I'm seeing some super chats come in. Of course, Jim, always with the super chat. Mark C., thank you so much for your super chat. And Deborah, I love the cute little dancing person you put there. That makes me happy. I want to be happy too sometimes, right? 
I, I mean, let's not get crazy. Just I don't. I'm not asking for all the time. Thank you. Yes. Um, if you're a fan of the Mike Malloy show, I think you'd like this show. You probably know me from the Mike Malloy show, anyway. Hey, maybe you do. Maybe you don't. All right. Let me. Something pissed me off this week. Believe it or not. Can you believe it? Oh, and the other thing is that Poppy Champlin will be calling in during the second hour. I have the phones are open. And if you, I don't know, I was thinking maybe we would open the phones if anybody wants to call in. We haven't done that in a long, long time. Because, I don't know. Because sometimes I get going and I just don't shut up. That's why it's called Terror Buster. You know what I mean? So that's why people were complaining. Even during the watch party, they were like, shut up, Tara. I want to listen to them. But then I shouldn't have even done the goddamn Democratic debate watch party. Because you know what happened. They shut me down. But now we know. Now we know what we're up against. Well, we always knew that. It's always, it's not that we don't know what we're up against. It's just that when you get the reminder, just what a a bug you actually are, how poised they are to constantly, it's like the sword of Damocles hanging over your head, ready to drop at any moment. So, all right, let me, one thing that pissed me off, a couple of things I wanted to talk about today. We're talking about, of course, Joe Biden, who I, I believe is the worst possible candidate to go up against Trump for so many reasons, including the, he, his, his long history of votes that will haunt him and weaken him in the states where we, we need to win, states that Hillary lost. They're not going to swing back to, to Joe Biden. So those who, those who are pissed off, this is why the Democratic Party lost Michigan and the states that would be turned into from the manufacturing belt to the rust belt because of NAFTA. They got long memories. They're those millions of, of jobs that went overseas these decimated communities that Joe Biden helped foster, helped help cultivate. So we, to, to even believe and, or even comprehend the fact that Twitler has the moral, moral high ground when it comes to free trade is, is disgusting. And it goes to show you how the Democratic Party has betrayed their constituency, their true base. And frankly, after we read the Chris Hayes article last week about class, not Hayes, what am I talking about? Chris uh, Hedges, class, the little word the elites want you to forget. And if you haven't read it or if you haven't listened to our the show from Wednesday, please do and listen to it. And if you haven't, you can also Google the... Uh, Chris Hedger's article, I, I um, encourage everyone to read it because he hits it, the nail right on the head. They, the oligarchs are happy to talk about race. They're happy to talk about sexual identity and gender. They're happy to talk about religion and patriotism and immigration, all these things, all of the safe progressive um, I guess, on the progressive um, 
the same it's not it's not it's not the economic battleground because they're they're trying to serve two masters they're trying to serve the wall street masters and they're trying to pretend like they're still the party of the people they're not the party of the people we're not stupid so that's why it's getting me on my nerves because um i feel hyper sensitive about it listening to them talk about well listening to joe biden basically go on about how uh trump is dividing us over over immigration and how he's dividing us over sexual orientation and whatnot it's not well he's not open well whatever he's saying he's using these outward um you know uh the uh, identity politics track that we're all supposed to be like yeah i mean obviously that's of course you don't you want a uh, a progressive government but it's it's not good enough that's not going to change that's not change we can believe in it's not going to really change anything what it will do is make a kinder gentler corporatism where yeah okay we'll be uh, more sensitive to each other we'll say um you know people at work instead of men at work but who cares that's putting a band-aid over a bleeding artery and ultimately my fear is that what's going to happen I've, and i've shared this all along is that even if joe biden wins and i if he is the nominee obviously i hope he wins because it's, I mean, yeah, they're both, the DLC Democratic Party sucks. The Republicans are abhorrent, but when you're in a hole, you stop digging, right? Or when you're bleeding, you try to at least stop the bleeding. And maybe that will stop the bleeding, but it's also, what concerns me is that it will do nothing to actually address what needs to be addressed. And by the time that Joe Biden is out of office, everything will we'll swing right back to another Republican because he will, Biden will have done nothing about the economic issues that have um, the American people have it with a uh, middle class lower than the 50% population, 50% of the population. And the next Republican that gets in office uh, the next fascist is going to be a capable fascist and that'll be the end of it by the by the time that the by the time he's done and it will be a he we the grand experiment in liberal democracy is going to be over for good because the american people the the hole is going to be so deep that you know we're not going to be get out of it in our, my lifetime your lifetime or yeah, or f as far as the eye can see. But anyway, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can uh, tell me about it. Who knows? This is why I'm asking for patrons, because I know we have lost patrons. And when you don't have a lot of patrons, you, you, feel, you feel the loss of every patron. But I do believe it's because of the way I'm talking. I, I, I have to be myself. And I do believe that some there are some of the Democrats who are like, oh, this is a circular firing squad. Is it, it's, is, is it a circular firing squad or is it a cry for help or is it a wake up call? 
I doubt. I don't think it's a circular firing squad because what I feel is I feel like we're being fired upon. We're the ones being attacked, for Christ's sakes. Constantly being attacked by these Biden bros or these DLC bros who insist that, you know, doing nothing is the best that we can do. Being better. I don't, I don't know how much we really are... Um, shooting for we're not shooting for the moon here because what do you expect well you have somebody who uh, joe biden comes in and his he kicks off his campaign saying how he hates nazis yeah okay i'm pretty sure that all of the democratic everyone hates nazis that's uh, that's not such a um, brave stance to take oh my god let me play this thing. I don't know if you saw Nina Turner was on CNN, Chris Cuomo. And I have to play it. This was a couple of days ago. But I have to play it because I need the therapy from you guys. Because I was, I saw this and I honestly cannot contain my rage. Watching Chris Cuomo and this woman who tells Nina Turner, this woman, Hillary Rosen, who's a Biden surrogate, of course, who tells Nina Turner, how dare she use MLK? Because let's just play this clip and then we'll talk about it. That's the challenge. That's the challenge. Now, back to you. you, But they didn't. I hear you, but I'm saying that's what you got to deal with. Hillary, on your side, what you have to deal with is decades of controversial votes that mm-hmm. look bad uh, mm-hmm. and that go along with stories of commitment to social justice and moments in his past that may not be accurate. And each one will be pointed out by the president. You did the crime bill. Obama was thinking about it when he was like 11 or whatever the president said today that Obama was thinking about the crime bill, too. I know it's BS, but it's how Biden deals with it. Uh, you said you were arrested when you were with Mandela. I don't think so. You say that you were trained to be a protester and suffered. We don't think so. How do you deal with the record of votes and of stories that don't hold up? You know, Nina referenced um, Dr. Martin Luther King before saying that uh, he said from the Birmingham jail that we should be um, concerned about white moderates. That's actually not what Martin Luther King said. Oh, my God. What he said is he we should be worried that. about the silence Dr. Martin of Luther white King moderates. Jr. What Are he, you kidding me? Nina? Really? She's making he, a language point. What, what he she, said was we should worry about the silence of white moderates. And what we have in Joe Biden is a man who is not silent. He, he has a long record. And many, many votes that in today's world feel like the wrong thing were the wrong thing. And he has discussed that over and over again, as Bernie Sanders did on the gun votes and other things. So we can be talking about votes from 20 years ago, or we can be talking. It's driving me insane, this constant harping on Bernie Sanders' gun vote, as if nothing else matters. Uh, Of course, in a 40-year history of fighting for the working people of this country, one vote they could pull out and just harp on again and again. But never mind everything else. Never mind the dead American soldiers who are in their cold early graves based on lies. That's okay. Or the millions of jobs and the decimated communities. It's one vote because Vermont is a rural state 
and Bernie voted for people to be able to carry their hunting rifles on the trains. And also, he's, he's got a D-minus voting record for the NRA. So it's not like he's in the pocket of the NRA. And they act like that's the, uh, the, the, it's not the only issue that we're up against. And the fact is that that vote, that Bernie's, his stance on the NRA is another reason that makes him a more electable candidate, like it or not. That's why he can bridge the gap and get those Republicans who are anti-establishment, who are sick of money and politics as much as liberals are, over to our side, over to vote for, to, to, to get Twitler out of office. And we know this is the case when they did the, um, the well, I hate the word, they do the autopsy on the election cycle, and they figured out what Bernie voters did after Bernie wasn't the nominee in 2016. And one in 10 voted for Twitler. But when you dig deeper, they, and we've repeated this before, it's because these were right-leaning conservatives or who were never going to vote for a Democrat to begin with, but they voted for Bernie because they trust him and he's not bought. But anyway, I just had to get that out. People's values All and right. who they trust. Last quick and point. And that's what Joe Biden's going to be talking Last about. Last quick point to you, Nina. What the Reverend Chris, what Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was talking about, he said it is the point that the white moderate wants things to be comfortable and instead of focusing in on that, the bigger threat is not necessarily the white a KKK member, but more the white moderate that is more comfortable you with know keeping things don't, the same don't or pretending use, like there don't is Don't no use Martin Luther King against Joe Biden. Deal. You, you don't first have all, that. Nobody, you don't all, have that standing. First of all, I'm you don't sorry, have that. You don't. Don't, don't tell me what kind of standing. What? You don't have that standing. Have you looked in the mirror, Hillary Rosen? You're a white, privileged, 1% mouthpiece of a corporate candidate who is backed by every by 60 billionaires telling a black woman that she doesn't have the standing to quote MLK, a man who said that, here's the quote, I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's greatest stumbling block in his stride towards freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klanner, but the white moderate, who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action, who paternalistically believes that he can set the timetable for another man's freedom who lives by a mythical concept of time and who constantly advises the Negro, Negro to wait for a more convenient season. Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. Lukewarm acceptance is much more bewildering, bewildering than outright rejection. That's what he said. I had hoped that the white moderate would misunderstand that law and order exists for the purpose of establishing justice and that when 
they fail in this purpose, they will become the dangerously structured dams that block the flow of social progress. I had hoped that the white moderate would understand that the present tension in the South is a necessary phase of the transition from the obnoxious negative peace in which the Negro passively accepted his unjust plight to a substantive and political, substantive, you know what I mean, and political peace in which all men will respect the dignity and worth of human personality. Actually, we who are engaged in nonviolent direct action are not the creators of tension. We merely bring to the surface the hidden tension that is already alive. Hello, somebody. We bring out, we bring it out into the open where it can be seen and dealt with like the boil that can never be cured so long as it is covered up but must be open with all its ugliness to the natural medicines of air and light. Injustice must be exposed with all the tension in its, in its exposure creates to the light of human conscience and conscience, I mean, and the air of natural opinion before it can be cured. Oh my God. But in your statement, you assert that our actions, even though peaceful, must be condemned because they pre precipitate violence. But is this a logical assertion? Isn't this like condemning a robbed man because his possession of money precipitated the evil of the robbery? Isn't it like condemning Socrates because his unwavering commitment to truth and his philosophical inquiries precipitated the act by the misguided populace in which they made him drink hemlock? Isn't this like condemning Jesus before his unique God consciousness and never ceasing devotion to God's will precipitated the evil act of crucifixion? We must come to see that as the federal courts have consistently affirmed, it is, the wrong, it is wrong to urge an individual to cease his efforts to gain his basic constitutional rights because the quest may precipitate violence. Society must be protected the, the way we must society must protect the robbed and punish the robber. I had also hoped that the white moderate would reject myth concerning time in relation to the struggle of freedom. I have rejected it. I have re wait. I have received a letter from a white brother in Texas. He writes, "All Christians know that colored people receive equal rights eventually, but it is possible that you are in too great a religious hurry." It has taken Christianity almost 2,000 years to accomplish what it has. The teachings of Christ will take time to come to earth. So this is, this is the context of MLK's letter. So this white devil on CNN, on a corporate media mouthpiece network, telling a black woman who lives, in, who lives as a black woman in this racist-ass country, while white people... Of all, uh, of all stripes, from the uh, so-called uh, friends to the Republican establishment, telling her and people like her to shut up and make some incremental strides because b doing what we actually need to do is too pie in the sky. And they always turn MLK's words around to suit it's like they do with the bible to suit whatever their agenda is they like to whitewash mlk's radical uh, socialist agenda where he did speak about socialism for the rich and rugged rugged individualism for the poor and that's exactly what 
the Joe Biden campaign, the corporate media's uh, uh, mouthpieces, and the Republican establishment are all fighting for. It's, and this woman saying that MLK was talking about the silence of white moderates, that's not what he was talking about here. Not at all. Not in any way, shape, and form. So she's not only lying and not only telling a black woman to shut up and not use the words of MLK the way she deems fit, telling her a, 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 an untruth, telling not just her, but everybody who's watching that corporate media mouthpiece network. And look at Chris Cuomo's furrowed brow of concern. Oh, so concerned. And listen, it gets worse. And I have you, as a black woman in America. It, How dare you? You have a First lot of, of standing all, as a black woman in America. You, you don't have, have the standing. You, you need to not necessarily. You have a lot of standing as a black woman in America. How how benevolent of you. Thank you, m'lady. Thank you for your gracious blessings. You have a lot of standing. Oh, well, thank you for, you're so generous to extend some of your standing, which is all of it, to us a little bit. You know, trickle down some standing on us. Trickle some standing on Nina Turner. She, oh, there you go. You got some standing. You could quote MLK, who literally died to fight so everyone can have a seat at the table, who understood that it was about not just, it was racial justice and social justice are all our are, are, are economic justice. It's all of us together, that we're in this together. And, uh, and MLK understood that. And you know, the uh, black people, our black brothers and sisters, are just the canaries in the coal mine for these freaks, for these white devils who want us to make incremental changes to what absolutely has to be done. If you want to save democracy, that is. They don't want to save democracy. That's what I'm learning. I understand this. They're fine. They don't like democracy. Just like Republicans don't like democracy. They, They don't like it. If they liked it, if they wanted a true, fair democracy that works for all, why do they have a structure, a nominating process that is so anti-democratic, that is about the club? And we keep see- hearing how, oh, well, you have to be in the club. If you're, you're part of the club that picks the club standard bearer, but, well, what's the point of then? Then just, just pick your standard bearer. Don't go through... The pantomime of democracy. That, you know why they do it. So they, the dumb serfs think that they're really fighting for the people. Just pick your standard bearer. Have the spine to be exactly what you are. Stop pretending to be on our side. Because, and then telling us that we're, we're seeing things. When we see the forest through the, through the trees. When we see exactly what the, the results of their policies are. When we see the statistics, when we feel the statistics, when we see our friends and neighbors fighting on, uh, to, to live a decent life on the wrong side of Reaganomics, that this, and Clintonomics, that these white incremental moderates are all uh, insisting, they're gaslighting us, insisting that it's the best we can do. The best we can do is allow our fellow Americans to remain in the, uh, in the ranks of the working poor. That's the best we can do. The best we can do is give them an affordable 
health care. You know, because you're going to have to pay because you're not worth it. If you have enough money, you can get all the health care you need. But it's the message is this. Nothing is stronger than the unholy dollar. Not even your life, your uh, your mama's life, your daddy's life. Your sister, your little baby's life, it's nothing compared to the elites and what and the profit margin of the big moneyed interests on Wall Street. As we can see when Joe Biden has a nice Super Tuesday result because of the entire apparatus of corporate media establishment propaganda machines coming out and supporting this doddering old white fool, the health stocks go through the roof. That says everything you need to know. The stocks of our chances, though, the stocks of human life, the chance of Americans going bankrupt without health care, that didn't change at all. That stayed the same. <sighs> White uh, KKK member, but more the white moderate that is more comfortable you with know keeping what? things don't, the same and pretending use, like there is no Don't use Martin Luther King against Joe Biden. Deal. You, you don't first have all, that. Nobody, you don't all, have that standing. First of all, I'm Hillary, sorry, you, you don't. don't. Don't tell me what kind of standing you, I have you, as a black woman in America. It, How dare you? You have first a lot of standing as a black woman in America. You don't have the standing to attack Joe Biden using Martin Luther King's words. That's I didn't attack anybody. You're taking it. You're taking it that way. Listen, don't. Di she just says uh, she just quotes MLK and this white devil goes off on her. You don't have the standing. How dare you? How effing dare you? You don't use MLK against Joe Biden. This is how they think they need to fight now. Like Trump. In a way, I don't let people talk. I'll just keep talking over as you see with Pete Buttigieg. You just keep talking and talking over them saying nothing, just continue to interrupt while this woman is talking. She didn't interrupt her, but that's okay because she knows her place as a black woman. You can't interrupt the white power structure when it's stomping on your neck. How dare you oh, as no, a no, white no. woman I'm not sit up here that. and try to tell me what I'm supposed Hillary, to do and what I'm doing right now. I'm out okay. of time on okay. that. This is what put me over the edge. Chris Cuomo, this entire clip is everything. Everything that makes me want to get the heck out of this country. Misogyny, racism, and mansplaining. Here it comes. Chris, I didn't jump in on her, Nina, though. Well, and then she wants to jump in on me. Okay. And First of all, it's not nobody's jumping I'm in on anybody. You guys are in the same party. This is what you guys have to all. figure out. You're in the same party. And let me tell you, you better keep that same energy when you're up against Trump that you have against each other, because he is bigger and badder than I think you guys are ready for. But let's agree on this about Dr. King. Only light can drive out darkness. Oh Only love can drive out hate. That is the challenge for well, the Democrats, to, that. to show that that's what you amen, represent Chris. against this president. I wish you both good luck going forward. Amen. You are always welcome here. Oh, my God. You're in the same party. What is this talking down to two grown women? You're in the same party. How dare you? The way that these white men think that they, that they can mansplain life to somebody that's been around the block 50 and a half times. Give me a You're in the same party. Really? I wouldn't know it. What's that party? What does that party stand for? Because I'm in the FDR Democratic Party. I'm, not, I'm in the one that doesn't throw Band-Aids on broken arteries, ones that have a new deal. 
They come in and they say, this isn't working for the majority of people in this country, and we need a fundamental revolution for the working class. Words that FDR used. So what, what, what are they talking about? What is Hillary Rosen talking about? She's got the nerve to interrupt Nina Turner and then stomp on her like a, a, with this fake-ass interpretation of MLK. Unbelievable. He didn't say what he was talking about was the silence. I, I challenge Hillary Rosen to give me the quote that says, I'm challenging the white silence of the white moderate. But she's, it's not, it, it, give me a quote that says that. You know, it doesn't have to be an exact saying, I'm challenging the silence of the white moderate. What MLK is saying is exactly what we read. Oh, wait, hold on. I lost the page now. He's not challenging the silence of the white moderate. He's saying that I've, well, I don't know what's worse, the KKK or the mo white moderate who pretends to be our friends but keeps telling us, slow down, stop. They keep, they're the ones who are like um, weights on our, on our feet as we're trying to move forward, as we're trying to make progress. Telling us, hey, don't be so pie in the sky. When we're the, and, and then challenging us. It's the same thing, what, what um, MLK was saying, how, where is it? I lost it. You know, how he's saying how the uh, white moderates, wait, where the heck is it? Hold on. Perhaps I was too optimistic. I had hoped that the white moderate would see this need. Perhaps I was too optimistic. Perhaps I expected too much. I suppose I should have realized that a few members of the oppressor race can understand the deep groans and passionate yearnings of the oppressed race, and still fewer have the vision to see that injustice must be rooted out by strong, persistent, and determined action. I am thankful, however that some of our white brothers in the South have grasped the meaning of this social revolution and committed themselves to it. They are still too few in quantity, but they are big in quality, such as Ralph McGill, Lillian Smith, Harry Golden, James McBride, Dabbs, Anne Braden, and Sarah Patton Boyle have written about our struggles in eloquent and prophetic terms. Others have marched with us down nameless streets of the South, they have languished in filthy roach-infested jails, suffering the abuse and brutality of policemen who view them as dirty end lovers. Unlike so many of their moderate brothers and sisters, they have recognized the urgency of the moment and sensed the need for powerful action. Anecdotes to combat the disease of segregation. Let me take note of my other major disappointment. I've been so greatly disappointed in the white church and its leadership. Of course, there are some notable exceptions, but I'm not uh, unmindful of the fact that each of you has taken some significant stands on the issues. I commend you, Reverend Stallings, for your Christian stand on this past Sunday and welcoming Negroes to your worship ser service in non-segregated basis. I commend the Catholic leaders of the state for integrating Springs Hill College, but despite these notable exceptions, 
I must honestly reiterate that I have been disappointed with the church. I do not say this as one of those negative critics who can always find something wrong with the church. I say this as a minister of the gospel who loves the church, who is nurtured in its bosom, who has been sustained by its spiritual blessings and will remain true as long as the cord of life shall lengthen. When I was suddenly catapulted into leadership of the bus protest in Montgomery, Alabama a few years ago, I felt we would be supported by the white church. I felt that white ministers, priests, and rabbis of the South would be amongst our strongest allies. Instead, some have been outright opponents, refusing to understand the freedom movement and misrepresenting its leaders. All too many others have been more cautious than courageous and have remained silent behind the anesthetizing security of stained glass windows. Isn't this unbelievable? It's, it, it, it applies today. You can apply it now to the economic justice that we're fighting for. And I don't really get it. I don't get this black support for Joe Biden. He's, I mean, I think on some level, I might be, who knows, I'll, I might get letters about this, but many of the people who support Joe Biden, they may not be people who know what the hell, um, who know politics, who are paying attention. They see the Clyburn endorsement. They see the corporate media pile on against Bernie. They, they're not people like us who are reading and involved and engaged constantly. Maybe these are they you know, they go to their uh, they'll go to a march oh, i they just know that biden is obama's vp and that's about it and he's got some endorsements he's getting endorsed by all of these other people and that's good enough for them because i don't see why where joe biden is such a champion of of civil rights he's not he's and he's a liar on top of it. And it continues to lie. And this is why there's big problems with him becoming the nominee. I'm fearful of him becoming the nominee because I believe if he is the nominee, he will lose. Because he's, all, he's, he's never been anybody's first choice. Have you ever met a true Joe Biden supporter? For all of the times he's run for president, he's had to drop out. Not because he, he ever won or was it close uh, winning any race, because of plagiarism, stealing, stealing other people's words. Th things that he does, he consistently does to this day. He has never learned from his mistakes. He completely, he lies in fact, he just lied about being arrested with Nelson Mandela. And, he's, and then when he was, let me see. Of course, that was Poppy just texting me during the show. So um, let me see. I just got off my train of thought, Poppy, when you text during the show. I know you're calling during the break. We know it. We got it. Okay. That's good. All right. Um, let me see. Hold on. Where is this Biden? He was on CNN saying that because uh, he was challenged on 
um, his lie that he was arrested with Nelson Mandela. And it's not true. And it's not just a lie that he, it, he said it once. He's been repeating it on the campaign trail. So he was questioned about it. One thing that you said repeatedly on the trail, I think it's three times now, you said that during a visit to South Africa uh, to visit Nelson Mandela, which I know was a very memorable visit for you, that you were arrested when you were there. Your campaign has come out since and said, no, 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 you were separated from other people at the airport. But you did say arrest three yeah. times. What, why? Well, what I meant to say was I, I got off that. Look, I, I strongly, strongly, look, look. strongly opposed the tarp apartheid. I was one of the leaders. And if you doubt it, go on JoeBiden.com and look at the exchange between George Schultz and me and the Foreign Relations Committee. And here's the deal. I was with a black delegation, the CDC, the, the, the Congressional Black Caucus. They had me get off a plane. The Afrikaners got on in their short pants and their guns, let me off for, led me off first and moved me in a direction totally different. I turned around and everybody, all the entire black That's delegation not being was going another way. I said, I'm not going to go in that door that says white only. I'm going with them. They said, you're not. You can't move. You can't go with them. And they, and they kept me there until finally I decided they was clear I wasn't going to move. And so what they finally did, That's they said, OK, they're not going to make the congressional delegation go through the black door. They're not going to make me go through the white door. They went, took us out, my memory serves me, through a baggage claim area up to a restaurant, and they cleared out a restaurant. I felt strongly about apartheid, one of the reasons we were there. And after, long after this, when Nelson Mandela was freed and came to the United States, he came to my office. He was one of the most incredible men I ever met. He sat down in my office, thanked me, thanked me for trying to all the work I did on apartheid. And so that's that's the context of it. When I okay. said arrested, I meant I was not able to I was not able to move. Cops, Afrikaners would not let me go with them, made me stay where I was. I guess I, I wasn't arrested. I was stopped. I was not able to move where I wanted to go. That's not being arrested. I was not able to go where I wanted to go. I guess when a white man is stopped and is not able to go where he want is, wants to go, that, that feels like being an arrest, being under arrest to him. Because he's, he is a rich white man able to do whatever the F he wants and go wherever the F he wants. So when you, when you stop him, that's, it's almost like, how dare you? How dare you? And, and also, um, as far as Hillary Rosen is concerned, she made her her she made it worse so because she apologized so after she got off off the air i guess she went onto twitter and saw that she was being attacked by the normal people everywhere saying um who saw what we all just saw with hillary rosen attacking nina turner for for her standing to use mlk to quote mlk about white moderates and Hillary Rosen tweets about, uh, she tweets an apology. Uh-oh, here comes Sarah Jr. Jr. Not now, Jr. Come here. Come on. Come on. Come on, kid. Come on. Oops. And she makes it work worse. Let me see. Hold on. Hold on. By calling saying she apologized and told her supporters not to attack the angry black woman. I kid you not. Hillary Rosen, hold on. Angry black. Angry. All right, Tara Jr.'s moving the microphone away from my face. Is that a hint, Jr.? 
He seems to do that a lot. Come on, Junior. Yes, here we go. <laughs> you want to see him? There he is. Tyra Jr. <laughs> I'll put it like that for now. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Democratic strategist Hillary Rosen has apologized to Nina Turner, the campaign co-chair for Senator Bernie Sanders, after a clash on CNN but is now under fire for invoking the phrase angry black woman in her apology. What's wrong with these people? They are so, is this such, so racist that they don't even realize how racist they are. Why is a Biden surrogate, uh, why does she think that using the term angry black woman is a good idea? On Thursday night's Cuomo primetime, Turner referenced a Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. letter in which he stated, I must confess that over the past few years I've been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. That kind of democratic socialism that Sanders is talking about, even though FDR didn't call it that, is, this, is in the spirit of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who, in his letter to the Birmingham jail, warned us. Be, us being the black community about white moderates. Rosen claimed that Turner had misquoted King, instigating a heated clash between the two women. So she tweets, On Thursday, I said my colleague Nina Turner didn't have standing to use MLK Jr. That was wrong. I am sorry for saying those words. Please, no need to defend me and angry black women. They have standing... I always need to listen more than I talk. We rise together. Really? No, honey, we're rising in spite of you. We rise in spite of the, of the white moderate telling us that rising is too pie in the sky. The apology itself, however, sparked criticism due to Rosen's use of the words angry black women. So someone, April, this person, who is this person? It doesn't matter. She's, she tweeted, she's a creator and a diversity and inclusion advocate and culture commentator on Twitter. Reign of April, at Reign of April, said, watch it for yourself. Hillary Rosen was wrong. Full stop. She said Nina didn't have the standing to quote MLK, which is peak white woman then turned around and referenced angry black women in her faux apology. Hillary needs to watch from the sidelines from now on. Angry black women. And uh, then Twitter, of course, was like, what? Why don't they even see? This is what's so amazing to me. Why is that? She's a, she's a, a Biden surrogate. She's out there speaking for Joe Biden. But what the hell does she know? Of course she doesn't know anything. Because he doesn't know anything. He's out there talking about corn pop, being a bad dude. I need to get another camera that's bigger and allows Junior to co-host. Right? I mean... Corn pop was a bad dude. Exactly. Corn pop was a bad dude. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take a break. Guys, because that'll give Poppy some time to call him. And Tara Jr. Jr. obviously doesn't want me to talk. 
because he keeps pushing the mic out of my face. If you're listening on the podcast or on somewhere that doesn't see what we're looking at, please think about joining us on YouTube every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And you can also see Tara Jr. Jr., who is our emotional support cat. Right, Junior? Right? All right. I'm going to take a break. We have Labor History in Two with Rick Smith and also Green News Report. Not in that order. <laughs> God damn it. Junior! I also need to get some coffee. Guys, become a patron. This is the perfect time to go over to Tara, what is it, uh, patreon.com slash Tara Devlin and sign up as a patron. It's also a great time to do some super chat. It's also a great time to give the show a good review on iTunes. Corn Pop was a bad dude. I know, and that's what we're up against. We're up against the Corn Pops of the world. And they they look a lot like Hillary Rosen. And when we get back, Poppy will be on the phone, and maybe, you know, you can be on the phone, too. I, sh- I guess I should put up the... God damn. What I could do is put it up. Put up while the, while the break is playing, I'll put up the, the number of the show, and you can call in. All right, guys, I'll see you in about eight minutes. My name is Tara Devlin. Become a patron. Bye-bye. Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents the Green News Report. For the first time in more than 240 days, there's no bushfires in New South Wales. Australia's record bushfires are finally out, as new study warns they're going to get worse. Climate coverage by corporate news media still falling short. Tropical forests losing the ability to absorb carbon. Plus... February 2020 was the second hottest February on record. All of those stories and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. And we have ended the war in American energy. It was a war. And we're up here and we're doing it. And for those of you that want to hear it. We don't. Thank you. Shut up. Please. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, it seems like every month, month after month after month, you're telling us this has been the hottest month ever recorded. Yes, most of the time. But hey, February 2020 is bucking the trend. It was only the second warmest February (laughs) on record. I know, I feel better now. Yep, it was the second warmest February on record globally since record keeping began in the mid-1800s. That's according to the European Union's climate agency, Copernicus. NASA and NOAA are likely to announce similar findings in coming weeks. Both the U.S. and Europe just saw their warmest winter on record. And because the second hottest February follows the hottest January on record. That puts 2020 on track to potentially be one of the top two hottest years ever recorded. And that is remarkable in a year without an El Nino to boost global temperatures. Mm. 
Well, it is remarkable. All we can do, I guess, is keep letting people know. Yep. But many Americans still do not hear much about climate change on the nightly news. According to a new analysis by Media Matters, corporate broadcast nightly news shows did increase their coverage of climate change by more than 60 percent from 2018 to 2019. That's good. Yes, that is good. But even with that improvement, the total broadcast news climate coverage amounted to less than one percent of their overall content. That's less than four hours total over the entire entire year. Well, it's not all that important, I guess. It's just the end of human civilization as we know it. Well, there is one bright spot. In 2019, PBS ran more segments on the climate crisis than ABC, CBS, and NBC combined. Because they are supported by viewers like you. And also the oil companies. In Australia, officials this week declared that devastating bushfires have finally been extinguished in New South Wales eight months after they started, killing dozens of people and causing billions in damages. So the bushfire season is now eight months long? Yes. This week, a new study by scientists with the World Weather Attribution Project confirmed that man-made global warming fueled Australia's record season. They concluded that climate change made Australia's devastating fire season at least 30 percent more likely and they said that was a conservative estimate they warned that the type of weather conditions that drive bushfires will continue to get worse as the planet warms unless society takes action to reduce emissions cbs meteorologist jeff Bardelli explains we've already increased a degree since pre-industrial a little bit more than that if we see one more degree celsius of warming extreme fire weather like this season in australia Mm -hmm. will be four times more likely in the future. And we could see another degree of warming by 2050. So it's only three decades away that it would be four times more likely uh, to see this kind of fire activity. Also not great news, tropical forests are losing their ability to absorb carbon. Intact tropical forests are a crucial carbon sink, removing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. But researchers at the University of Leeds, tracking 300,000 trees over 30 years, found that the ability of tropical forests to absorb carbon emissions is now declining decades earlier than had been predicted due to higher temperatures and droughts, which can slow growth and kill trees. And as Tropical forests absorb less carbon than predicted. It will require reassessments of global carbon budgets and national emissions targets. Finally, a bit of good news. Wells Fargo Bank has become the third major U.S. bank to announce that it will stop financing new oil and gas projects in the Arctic, including the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. Wells Fargo also said it will no longer back or facilitate transactions for mountaintop removal coal mining projects. The bank joins Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan as the latest in an emerging global trend of banks declining to participate in the dirtiest fossil fuel projects and projects in fragile areas. Well, what took them so long? Yeah, I know. I should be glad they're doing it now, right? Right. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, or Google Play. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1925. 
That was the day the first civil lawsuit for damages was filed on behalf of the Radium Girls. During the 1910s and 20s, radium was all the rage. It was considered a medical cure-all for everything from blindness to asthma. The U.S. Radium Corporation employed hundreds of young women in New Jersey and Illinois to paint radium onto watch dials and military instruments. Women workers were instructed to shape the paintbrushes to a fine point with their lips in order to paint the numbers onto the watch faces. They soon fell ill. Many complained of losing scores of teeth and shattered and rotting jaws. The death toll began to rise. U.S. Radium and other related companies initially tried to smear the women as suffering from syphilis. Catherine Wiley of the New Jersey Consumers League began investigating the use of radium by dial painters. She was also concerned about how emissions affected the community surrounding the plant. Wiley enlisted the help of Alice Hamilton, mother of industrial medicine and occupational toxicology. The chief medical examiner of Essex County determined the women suffered from radium exposure. They were exhaling radon gas. The findings were earth-shattering for the industry. Case proceedings were highly publicized in the press. Extremely frail and sick young women appeared in court, barely able to walk or testify. The company agreed to settle the case. $10,000 for each woman, a $400 a year pension, and medical care. Women at the Ottawa plant suffered for years before finally learning the truth about their job-related illnesses. The case impacted fields related to occupational safety and health. It also fundamentally broadened scientific understanding of radioactive elements. Like what you hear? Check out more at laborhistoryin2.com. All right, yo, I clicked the wrong button. Yo, how's it going? My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. Become a patron. It's about just, uh, if you want to become a patron, like a $20 a month patron, you could, that's like uh, $5 a week. That's a latte. That's two um, Starbucks. What is that? A t- I usually get a blonde Starbucks. So that's like 250 you know? And then if you do that twice a week, yeah, I mean, it's not that much ultimately, but it means a lot to us and it will help keep us going. On the phone, we have an amazing friend and also a regular contributor to Tara Buster. Poppy Champlin, comedy genius. Can you hear Uh-oh. me? <laughs> oh, yes, I can. can <laughs> all right, good. That's a, that's a step in the right direction. I hope the yes. people can hear you. Let's see. Hello. I don't see any levels. Levels, people. Can Say something, Poppy. Ask the people. Ask the people if they can hear my transmission. Oh, Major good. Tom. Good. <laughs> that's what the superdelegates <laughs> are saying right now. F the people, <laughs> right? So how you doing, huh? No, I said ask the people. Oh, ask the people. Oh. I thought you said yeah, F the people. I, I and look, look, people. we have Francis no. behind us. Francis Jr. Jr. has made an appearance, and he's licking himself oh. on camera. <laughs> see? Happy, well, look at him. I don't see him. Oh, that's a new one. He's not new. He's wow. our 
look, he's this. He's our mascot. Oh, he's, he's younger. He's younger than the, the tabby, the, the blonde tabby. Yes, tabby. that's Francis. He's only, he's four, and Junior is going to be 10, my baby. Oh, that's going to be, oh. I mean, he's only, cats can live a long time. They can live to 20 years old. Easy. So Tara Junior better live. He better live to 35 years old. The, the oldest cat was like 35 years old or something. So some guy actually had really? two oldest cats, and they were both in their 30s. They, I don't know. And he said right. he didn't do anything special. So, yeah, that's obviously a rare thing. But Tara yeah. Jr. better be one I of them. A lady uh, just did a marathon, and she finished it, and she was like, no, wouldn't she? Maybe she just ran up some stairs. But anyway, she was 103. <laughs> what? She finished a marathon? She yeah. ran up some stairs? She ran up one flight of steps. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, she crossed some finish line. It was maybe a 440. I don't know what it was, but she crossed 103. The... Well, good for her. <laughs> God damn it. I, yeah. I don't want to yeah. hear anybody complaining then when we got to get out and do some civil disobedience. Take this country back. Seriously, man. Right? So, but we do I, have... I really, yeah. I... Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I know there's a delay, so I have no. to remember. I know it. I'm, am I supposed to be the one to delay or no, listen? It, or I have I no idea. Uh, I have no idea. Just, I hope uh, you're listening. You can, you're just listening to the phone. You're not listening to the show, Right. Yeah, no. Yeah. So anyway. Um, yeah. But don't be afraid to jump in and be yourself. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll deal with it. Uh, yeah. So you're really, man, you, you're just really rocking it out. I mean, I just can't even believe what is going on. Have you talked about the unfurling of the Nazi flag behind Bernie the other day? Um, No, we haven't talked about it. But. Yeah, I, that's so disgusting, and I mean, it doesn't, there's a, there's all, it's really disturbing, and exactly what Bernie said, that the, how how many Americans died fighting fascism, and they, yeah, and someone, love- yeah, someone in this country has the nerve to unfurl that flag in, in any context, but... It's, well, I yeah. mean, it's just, isn't it just saying, well, okay, Trump is here. You guys ready yep. for this fight? That's it. And it just, seem, it just seems like, it just seems like Bernie's people, you know, are also sort of getting into this chanting and booing, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, wow, it's like the sharks and the jets are who's, heating up. Who's man. chanting and booing? What do you mean? Well, like when Bernie says, um... And what he is doing, and he is being funded by a super PAC. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, boo! Yeah, so what? That's what we've been doing for years. he is going to be funded. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying it seems like it's gearing up to have his crowd versus the Trump crowd and then let the fight begin. You well, know? you mean versus the Biden crowd? Is that what you mean? Because... What no, are you talking no, about? No, screw the Biden crowd. Right. I'm talking about Bernie. Yeah, no, Bernie's crowd. Like, if Bernie wins, uh, there is going to be a big fight with his people versus Trump. You know, Bernie Nation versus Trump. Nation. Of course, and that's and that's when the civil the, the civil war will begin. Ah, the civil war. No, I mean the. The thing is that that's why Bernie is a stronger candidate to go up against Trump because there is a movement behind him. 
besides everything else, yeah. besides the not being bought by billionaires. That's what Trump ran on. Trump ran on a liberal platform with racism on top. That's exactly right. – and even though he was full of shit, and we all knew that he was a con man, and he is a con man. He says whatever he needs to say to get elected, to get support. But he's, he's, still, he's still playing that card of I'm on your side. I'm fighting for you. You're the forgotten man and woman. And he, regardless of the reality, they haven't lost their um, allegiance to Trump. So Bernie, no. on the other hand, is actually fighting this fight and a fight that needs to be had. That, the thing that's so nefarious about Trump is that he needs, he, he, he recognizes the broken system. He is a beneficiary of the broken system. He's as mm -hmm. uh, VP Henry Wallace said, exploiting every fissure of disunity. That's what a fascist does. And, but Trump, he understands. He, they all understand how broken the system is. Trump is running on, this broken system has left you behind. I'm here, I'm working for you. But he's not working for us. He is the true no, no. authoritarian fascist using those using the economic distress caused by the neoliberal policies, exactly what, what FDR wanders about into um, that this is how dictatorships are born. And, and here uh, we are watching it happen. We were warned about yeah. this. And the, the Democratic Party is uh, honestly, if they're them pushing Biden is going to, I, I just don't want a repeat of 2016. I, I obviously... Nobody wants that. I'm, I will vote for Biden if that's the, the nominee, but I believe it just goes, it opens up the, it uncovers, the, it pulls back the covers on uh, just how corrupt the Democratic establishment is. And they have yeah. decided to throw in their lot with this, uh, this doddering old fool, regardless <laughs> <Yeah>. of... Uh, <laughs> his chances and and his his really long history of giving the republicans everything they want which is really disturbing uh, and that they would well, rather you know what? And, 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 mm -hmm. what what it's so what it's so you know came to my mind and, it, and it's a terrible thing to say but in a way it's like well who is the you know who is america right now mm. you know what is america right now and and if, and 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 their choices were going to be a gay man, a mm -hmm, woman, mm -hmm. or a Jew. You right. know what I mean? And mm -hmm. that's like, well, the, now, okay, or Biden. And Biden is like a safety net or oh, something. Oh God! You know? I don't know. Uh, but we what? have a uh, we have a caller. You want to take a call? So, oh, take a oh, call. Oh, callers. And <laughs> here we go. Let's. What are we giving away? What, no, I don't know. Give something away. <laughs> Giving away our undying uh, friendship and attention. Yes. Okay. So here we got Patricia on the line. Patricia, you're on the okay. air. Hey. Patricia, hey, are you? Sarah. Oh my Hi. God, are you one of our regulars in the chat room? Is this the Patricia? This is the Patricia. I'm now a patron. Cool. Oh my God. <laughs> not not for much, you know. I live on disability mm. and very low income, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. doing what I can, you Thank know. Thank you. Hey, Poppy. 
How you doing, Patricia? Chat. Wow. (laughs) I'm better. I'm better today. Hey, tomorrow I see you. Um, I'm better today. I was really depressed this week. What's going on? You know, it just. Is it? Well, I tell us. Talk to us, Patricia. thing on South Mm -hmm. Carolina. Yes. You know, and and just the the virus thing Mm -hmm. too. Oh yeah, the virus. Have it. Yeah, it's we have somebody here right close by to where I live that has been quarantined and and has it, and they closed down a school where wow. the kids in my apartment complex go to, and and my Whoa. brother's been very ill as a teacher. So yeah, so I just I'm I'm worried about everybody, and I have a lot of chronic health issues. So mm. um, I was telling the chat room earlier, my my friend said expect that you will get it oh wow my caregiver yep. the really thing. yeah that because yeah because i have chronic copd from mm. asthma and, and oh, breast no. cancer and uh, yeah oh, and breast geez. cancer and a lung disease so i will most likely get it but but we have a plan in place if i do somebody will take my little eight month old puppy mm. And and they will make sure I have everything I need. Right. So I'm try. I was trying not to freak out about it, but I've been trying to talk to people about you know, being, being aware of what's happening and paying attention to that and what's right. happening with Biden. Oh and God. Bernie yes. and yeah. And people here are just like, don't don't get upset. Go watch something on right. Netflix or right. why are you doing that? Yeah. You know? And I'm like, yeah. So I look forward to your show, mm-hmm. Tara. You have no idea. I'm glad because everybody else just seems to have blinders on. Wow, in well, this area, it's true. My, I, I was talking to my shrink the other day because I uh, my my go to my shrink and I was going off on the Biden and Bernie and say and it was just really distressing. And um, he was like. Well, I know you have to pay attention to it, but you should tune it out. You know, that's the advice that people are being given. And I'm like, I can't tune it out. And plus, that's how they (laughs) get us. That's how we got where we are. But it's almost like you can't. It's it's hard to say because we they they totally have overworked us to the point where people they don't even have the time to pay attention. They're just trying to keep their heads above water. And so I get it. And but this coronavirus, of course, Twitler is he's such a liar. And he mm. uh, I just saw him today t- talking about putting the people that now there are people quarantined on a cruise ship. And they're they're like, yeah, um, I don't want them coming off the cruise ship because, you know, that's going to up our numbers. And the, then that means yeah. that there's more people like it's all a numbers game for him. It's not about what. Be actively and effectively dealing with this crisis. It's the appearance of the uh, of doing something, and that's really scary that you have a someone who is completely unprepared, who who is nothing but a con man. That's what he is. He doesn't know how to effectively handle something. He knows how to brand it, how to how to uh, yeah yeah. That's about it. Yeah. What what, what I don't get is how come nobody is saying, okay, well, the best thing you can do to 
prepare yourself if you're going to get it is, you know, go get some Zycam or go get some Oxycilia or go get some, you know, yep. elderberry or go get mm. something right. to boost your yep. immune system. Like, nobody's saying that. Right. What's going on with that? Well, it's yeah. we that's also... exactly what I did yesterday. Mm-hmm. Poppy, that's yeah, exactly something... what I did yesterday with, with uh, my caregiver, who's a retired RN. She made sure I had some of that on hand. I can't buy a lot, right. and it's expensive. Yeah. And she said yes, nobody yet has is talking about the oxytocin. You know the the yeah. I can't even pronounce mm-hmm. it half mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, it's a and, hard one. And and everything. Yeah. And she said nobody's talking about it. And my friends have put me on yeah. some other stuff that are supplements to boost my immune system. Yeah, so that when I get it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that stuff. Why are like they telling you that? Things. Nobody's saying anything like that. It's true. I don't yeah, know why, yeah, really. That's true now that you say that. But the the thing is, is just this yeah. crisis in general, it will expose our broken healthcare system. We have people in this country that yeah. they're going to go to work, because, not just because Trump is telling them. That's another thing. He's telling, oh, people go to work. If you have yeah. the virus, go to work. Uh, yeah, make it. Just spread it. You fucking moron. (laughs) It's like, what did he say? There's a very good chance you're not going to (laughs) die. Oh, well, that's good. There's a very good chance you're not going to die. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I wonder about, and I wanted to ask both of you about, is I was listening to Tom Hartman, I think, yesterday, and he said that on May 22nd, I think it is, that some of the funding for the clinics Mm -hmm. around the country... Mm -hmm. Are, are up again to be refunded. Okay. And, and I worry about, yeah, I worry about that because we have clinics here and I, I go to a clinic that's funded and a lot, and they're serving the homeless mm. people and AIDS and HIV. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if they don't get refunded and all, and they have to close. Right. That's true. What's going to happen to a lot of low income uh, low-income people, people that are wor- the working poor, that don't have insurance, that attend, the- go to these clinics exactly. and homeless right. on the street. And what are we going to do if they start getting this virus? I mean, how oh are God. we going to do that? The trash collectors get the virus. Right. Things get, oh, my you know, God. And I'm thinking, I mean, everybody's so crazy about going to Costco and buying out the Store mm-hmm. and taking more than they actually need right and right. not thinking about other people and i'm thinking oh my gosh you know the uninsured and right. the young people that i'm going to be 62 in may and have 33 years of sobriety oh, congratulations and i'm thinking Hi. i'm worried about what's going to happen to the young people right. to people like me as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. and but i'm more concerned about What's going to happen to these people, you know, at the clinic who who aren't prepared, who don't have the money right. to go to Costco and buy lots of toilet paper and water? Mm-hmm. Well, well, and just to just, keep themselves healthy. Right. That's, that's the, yeah. It seems like that's the key is to keep yourself yeah. healthy, stay in good shape, eat well, and, and you'll fight the virus off. It's the right. old people and people that are sick that won't be able to fear fair as well i right, guess right well just as they say yeah, the only exactly. thing they're saying is wash your hands and you know don't touch I your know. face yeah. and 
but it is there's a bad it's bad because this system is not set up for any kind of pandemic or epidemic anything if you can't go to work i mean if you unless you go to work you don't get paid that's the recipe for disaster many -hmm. people don't have sick leave and they don't have insurance so you will delay care and also continue to go to work because you can't get paid unless you do and every uh, and then things will start crumbling down this will only expose how how drastically we do need to change our entire system and including this the um i'm just putting the cat down because he's getting annoying but um not that I mean I love him, but he's like fidgeting, and kicking you, kicking he's you kicking me, and he just you know he's he doesn't want me to talk, I guess. But the okay, who is the ter- third person? Someone is saying on the chat. We have on the phone Poppy Champlin and a caller Patricia, who who is one of our regular terror busters. I should keep saying that because people who um, uh, you know, it's the whole hey, radio protocol. So yeah. That's who's yeah. on the phone. Ask you. I just went. I just went. Kate went on to go become a patron myself. You did. And uh, but yeah, I did. But I got nervous about the security of my credit card. To, Why? To, you know. So I wanted you to address that. Well, it's Patreon. I don't know. I don't. It's that's the third part. <laughs> I don't know. They. What did they say? Did something weird happen? Well, no, but you have to give your credit card and your, you know, CVS number and whatever. Oh, and I, well, I get nervous about okay. doing that kind of stuff online. I understand, but it is a big com- com- company, so I don't know. It's uh, yeah. Patreon uh, is just the Patreon. This is like everything else, right? You know what I mean? It's like you <laughs> it's give like your credit card else. to, um, you know, uh, Netflix or whatever. It's they they're the ones they yeah. they yeah. they are the hub that does all the um, that allows us to get the support from the from the community but they also take a they take a chunk off the top of course every they take their piece of the pie and uh, that's yeah. why i guess you have to get your credit card in because how else will you fund it you know what i mean unless you're right right i mean there's not like funded. a write-in check send a check no to a certain those days are over my friend so all right well yeah, I'm gonna, not anymore. well <laughs> patricia all i can say is to take care of yourself and try to yep. you know do what they say and boost your immune system try to stay away from people as much as you can like if who are sick especially keep washing your hands don't and the, the good thing is that the virus isn't airborne so it has to you have to get it on your hands yeah. and get it into your face somehow or into your get into your body that way so it's not like you can breathe it in so just keep washing your... I remember I was listening to Tom Hartman, too, and he was talking to an infectious disease nurse, and she said that she worked with infectious disease patients for her entire career, and she's never gotten sick because she washed her hands um, as, uh, you know, well, obsessively. And that's... Mm, yeah, yeah, so just... Uh, keep that in mind and and i know that you're talking about everybody gobbling things up that's another thing that's wrong with our country and the mentality of i got mine because there is no regard for the rest of the community and that that also has to change and i believe that that's Mm -hmm. what we're doing here and also you know like bernie's campaign is about not me us 
this whole um, right. the zeitgeist of our community has to be e pluribus unum. We are in this together. If a virus pandemic doesn't uh, really point to that, I don't. I really don't know what does because it's going to bring out the best in people, and it's also going to bring out the worst in people. And but mm-hmm. don't get, mm-hmm. don't be afraid, but and continue to share and uh, and keep coming to uh, our little meetings that we have here during the week and every Saturday and keep sharing and let us know if you need anything, really. I'm not kidding. So you're not alone. You got it. We are in this together. Thank you. All right, Patricia, I'm going to let you go. You got it. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, Patricia. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So Patricia, thank you. She's a regular uh, in our in our Tara Buster chat room. And so, yes, I should say that more often. If we have a caller or, or guests, I need to identify them more. Thank you, Greg, for asking and pointing that out because people will call in or they'll not call in or they'll jump in on the show midway and they'll be like, who are these people talking? Anyway, so right now we still have <laughs> Poppy on the phone. I, one thing I wanted to talk about, too, I'm looking at the time. We have about 20 minutes is... Did you hear that this gay, um, this gay guy, <laughs> this Republican? All right, time to set your clocks again. All right, a oh, Republican, yeah. anti-gay Republican has come out as gay. How Uh-oh. surprising! This guy Adam <laughs> Schlock, Adam. Where is he? Have you heard of him? He he had to he no. had to resign in disgrace a few years ago. He resigned in disgrace. Not oh. because he was gay, but because he oh. he he stole from his constituent. He used oh. his the money to redecorate his office like Downton Abbey. Okay, this is a oh Republican for you. Of course, of course. What I mean, even and he didn't the, know he was gay then. Of course he knew, and he he also um, was one of a a standard, regular anti-gay vote, voting for uh, against marriage equality and anything, any any pro-gay bill that came. He was vehemently against it. So he, mm-hmm. of course, um, here's an article, Aaron Schlock's gay community out doesn't cancel out his, repo- his hypocrisy. So the gay community was like, you know, eh. I, and I appreciate that, eh. that they're like, F off, Adam, Aaron, I mean. I keep calling him Adam, Aaron. Yeah. So um, he wrote this, I'm trying to find it now. Where is it? I had everything set you up. You mean there's no... There's no R's in the LGBTQ. There's no R for Republicans in there. Well, there are. I mean, there are Republic. Uh, I mean, I don't know why. No, I know what you're saying. I know you're just joking around, but that's what you do. Yeah. But um, the that's right. uh, here it is. Here it is. He wrote this long ass self-serving letter on his his website. First of all, if you go to let me show you my screen. Actually, I can do that. Aaron Schlock. So let's see. Okay, here we go. Look at this this uh, Instagram feed. Is that the gayest okay. thing you've ever seen in your life? 
Oh my God! I mean, come on. Of course he's gay. Even at the time. Even at the time, I was like, "This guy is gay." There's no doubt. That's a pretty hot body, too. You know, those damn gay guys get the hot body. Right. Well, that's because they work out. So, I mean, look at this. What is he smuggling? A a, like a salami over here? What is this? (laughs) 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 And like, he's such a. He's so he's such a narcissist. That's the uh, that's the other thing. I w- even I don't you know I would be embarrassed to be so openly in love with myself. Yeah, clearly. Look at all the pictures he's right. posting. Him in the water. Him, just what is he? Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, making a commercial for butter. Please. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he looks pretty straight, right? But. So he comes out as gay, and he writes this. Here's just a piece of it. I am gay. For those of you, for those who know me, and for many who only know, wait, 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 what the hell? For those who know me, (laughs) and for many who only know of me, this will come as no surprise. For the past year, I've been working through a list of people who I could finally hear the news directly from me before I made a public statement. I wanted my mother, father, sisters, brother, and closest friends to hear it from me first. The fact is, I am gay is just one of the things in my life in need of explicit affirmation to remove any doubt and to finally validate who I am as a person. In many ways, I regret the time wasted in not having done so sooner. I offer my story as one person's experience. I come to believe it is, in some respects, just more a, a, a more public version of a difficult and ultimately now optimistic journey familiar to many LGBTQ people. I hate these people. I hate, mm. our, I hate this guy. He is a typical, uh, um, just, just a problem. He is the reason that gay people kill themselves, okay? This is a guy oh. that gets power and uses his power to kick down on the very people who are like him, but they, they're unlike him in the way that they actually have courage to live an authentic life. How dare he come out and try to garner su- sympathy? Give me a break. Uh, it's one thing to be mm-hmm. in the closet. It's another thing to be an active antagonist for you. For the very people who are trying to live. This is, it's, it's sickening to me. These yeah. effing Republicans. And then apparently, let me see. His mother, well, where is the goddamn New York Post? It's a scandal-scarred former rep Aaron Schlock has come out as gay. Admitting it, left, it, has, it, admitting it has left him disowned by his deeply religious family who want him to go through conversion therapy. I am gay. Wow. Wrote, yeah. He's 38 years old. I'm gay, wrote the 38-year-old ex-Illinois Pole, who resigned from Congress five years ago amid claims he misused gov- government and campaign funds with federal charges only dropped last year. I don't know why they dropped the charges. He was also, because he was flying all over the world. That's the other thing he was doing. He, not only did he get a reputation because he he decorated his office like at Downton Abbey, which is a, <laughs> yeah, right. a show about 
the kiss-up, kick-down <laughs> aristocracy that this country was founded as an antidote to. So a right. representative of the goddamn people has the effing nerve to decorate his office like he's living in Downton Abbey. You know what I mean? Everything, everything about it is offensive as a representative. Yeah, well, he definitely was just in denial of everything. Well, he's just a coward. That's what it is. I under, but I, I mean, he's grew. He grew up in this religious family. I, it's hard to come out and be rejected by your family. But you know what's hard? It's like the same thing. When I went, when I, I'm not saying every. I'm so great, and everybody needs to do what I did, or because I came out when I was like 25. So it took me. I told you we had this discussion before, where I tried to be mm-hmm. bisexual for a long time. <laughs> Oh, good luck with that. Well, you were drinking too, weren't yes, you? Yes, yes. So I was like, you know, yeah, that, drunk. I was bisexual when I was drinking too. <laughs> I was really trying. <laughs> I was. I thought it would be easy. You like, were, well, it would be easier to be half a half a gay instead of a whole gay. Be. Of course. You know, but whatever. I was. Yeah, denial. you can dabble in everything. Little, little of this, little of that. Well, I was really hoping that I could be, but it wasn't. It, obviously, it's something you could learn. I, and I knew, honestly, when I was little, I knew I was gay. I didn't know what that meant. How? I just knew. How did you know? How did you I gay? know? You were little. Because did I was ride a hobby horse. What did you? No, because I was always ride a hobby horse. You son of a bitch! I was always um, <laughs> having crushes on. Like my female teachers, or like I, and I didn't know oh, yeah. what that meant. You know what I mean? I didn't know I'm gay. I didn't say to myself, I'm gay. No. I just no. knew I liked girls. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was a tomboy. Well, you never had a, you never had a crush on a, on a male teacher? No. I had, I loved some of my male teachers. I remember a teacher in particular called, his name is Mr. Mm-hmm. Ruff. R-U-F-F. He was the greatest. <laughs> I know. He was my third grade teacher in PS8 on Staten Island. And I always remembered him because he read us a book. He was one of these teachers that were, he was like a hippie, I guess. He was came from the 60s. And oh, yeah. he was really he was idealistic. And he was just a great person, like a kind heart you could see and um and I was only in the third grade and he read a book I remember a whole week he read a very thick book about the Iroquois Indians I still remember this book and I still know about the Iroquois Indian about because of him and the his style of teaching and I always remembered him and I remember a couple of years ago my uh, my friend of mine whose kid was going to PS8, the same school, I said, oh, I went to PS8, and I had an f- amazing teacher there who I really loved, and I always remember his name was Mr. Ruff, and she goes, that's my teacher. So he st- was still there. Oh. Can you believe it? Like, oh he, like 30 no. effing years. I know, he must be really old. And uh, he, wow. she said he was retiring <laughs> soon, but he... That must have been his calling. He was just a great man. I hope he's. I hope it's not wow. was. I hope he still is. Yeah, he was just an amazing teacher. Yeah. And that's how important teachers are. They are. They yeah. make or break. Oh yeah. Learning. And I've yeah. had amazing, great, great, amazing teachers that have 
um, you know, really, that's why I love school. I always loved school. I never understood people who hated school. I always loved school. I enjoyed it because I, I liked learning. School was, uh, school was hard. School was hard, man, because you had to go to school. Eight o'clock in the morning means you got to get up at seven o'clock. You're there till three. I should be able to collect a pension from the amount of time I put into school. <laughs> we should. We should. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. Well, we should get something. Why not? But anyway, back to Schwab. I've never worked that hard again. I've never worked that hard in me? my life after school. I've never, never. Oh, my God. My no, God. No, 12 Our, years. In school? You never went to college? Yeah, I went to college, but I didn't have to go at 7 in the morning and stay till <laughs> 3 in the afternoon. Oh, boy. <laughs> I like I like getting up in the morning, though. The morning is nice. You do? Um, I mean, You're a morning I, person? Um, probably more than I used to. Be. I'm not a I'm not a night person anymore because I believe that ever since I got clean. Because being if I sleep too late, I get depressed. So I have to get up, even if I haven't yeah, oh, had I any sleep. Even if I've been up late, I still have to get up and. Uh, otherwise, I feel like I'm living in the past, and it makes me very depressed. Like when I used to sleep all day, you know, and because oh, I yeah, was drunk yeah, yeah, or hungover good. or something. You know what I mean? That's what makes me yeah, 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 want to yeah. get up. Okay, yeah. let me and see. Here's one. I got, I got, I got one joke I want to get out there right, before you let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, the whole thing about uh, you got to self quarantine yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 pretty soon, like, I don't know, who knows, like, if you just think of how far this could go and everybody's self-quarantined, I'm, like, thinking, who would have thought that the agoraphobics of the world, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> the people who have self-quarantined their entire life are the only people who can go out, but they don't want to. <laughs> right. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not bad, right? It's like, uh, just like the Bible said, right? It's uh, the first shall be last and the last shall be first or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, something. <laughs> world is upside down. <laughs> the world is upside down. It is. Right? So anyway, all right. Well, I guess, I don't know. We can finish up. We only have 10 minutes. I have 10 minutes. Or you can, you, we could still talk yeah, about. No, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you finish up and ride your Ride your uh, ride the lightning. Old, uh, ride the yeah, dragon. Yeah, ride the lightning back on home, and I will talk to you later. All right, Poppy. All right, Poppy. All right. See you later. Bye, Tara. That's Poppy Champlin, everyone. A amazing comedian. If you haven't seen her live, please check her out, and she'll be back on the show. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out. It's not over. This show isn't over. Just when you think it's over, it keeps on going. That's the way it is during the week when we do the show, right? It's sort of like there's no limits to how long we can stay on the air during the weekday specials. But these shows, the Saturdays are two-hour shows because they, they go on progressive voices. So I want to thank everyone, um, anyway, for ch chilling out with me. And all right, well, let me finish up. What, what are the other thing? Um, I'm just trying to find you guys. Sorry, I keep losing you. The, uh, that's I wanted to talk about the uh, Aaron Schlock because he's uh, yet again another example of a Republican who is exactly uh, uh, you know like what like uh, I always say right 
they are the dangerous combination of cowardly and uh, self-seeking, self-serving. The Aaron Shock, it doesn't matter. We could all feel bad for him. He came from a religious background. His family was vehemently anti-gay. A lot of us come from those backgrounds, but we don't use our power to oppress other people. He's the worst of the worst. He's like the Sonder commandos in the concentration camps who helped their fellow Jews into the ovens for a little bit of privilege before they, too, went into the ovens. I don't know if that's a... Uh, obviously that uh, yeah maybe it's a comparable comparison because people's lives are on the line we're talking about life and death issues when a government actively kicks down on an oppressed minority group du jour you, it, it 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 matters you're taking people's lives in your hands what does it say to the young gay person growing up in a society where it is, uh, where, you, where you're legislating against other gays. You, it says you're not welcome. You're not a human being. You don't deserve equal rights. You don't deserve the protections of the government, of the community. And that's why teens, gay teens, they have a, the number one cause of suicide in teenagers is because of, of uh, being gay. So... F you, Aaron. You coward. How dare you? Here's a white man. He's living a, a white, like a white man in this country. So what? You're gay. You have power. He had the opportunity to use his power to change lives for the better. And instead of, of, of doing that, instead of being courageous, he used it to cover his own ass and fly around the, the country, not just the country, he flew around the world. The reason he got caught was because he was posting on his Instagram page about all his adventures all over the goddamn world, this guy, using the taxpayer dime to fly around and be fabulous, be his fabulous gay self. F you, Aaron Schlock, and that's a Republican for you because... The Republicans, we know, they've done studies. Republicans are entirely fear-based. They, the, and of course, because of that, they need the validation they, they, of, of their community, their community, which are nothing but repressive trolls. So, you know, they talk about the rugged individual. Just try being a rugged individual in the Republican Party, and they got something for you. Just like... Just try being an individual in Aaron Schlock's family. And they got something for you. It's called being disowned. That's how loving and caring they are. What a, what a tiny, pathetic God these people have. Their little, tiny God. It's not even... What kind of a God? Why would you worship such a petty, little God that gives a shit about whether you have the same peepees when you're forming a marriage contract, when you're saying to somebody, I'm going to stand by you for the rest of your life, the rest of my life, we're going to brave this effing, merciless, slippery life together. 
and these assholes have such a tiny little god knows all the secrets of the universe knows time knows the hair on your head he knows the past the future he knows what will be and what has been and all he gives a shit about is don't masturbate give me a break don't love somebody with the same peepee what a tiny little pathetic god honestly get a better god get a i mean at least if when we had uh when there was a whole pantheon of gods they had they were interesting you know what i mean they were you had zeus you had hera you had all kinds of different amazing outfits that they wore and they could some had different abilities they had different they could swim they could fly at least uh they had you know you had something to choose from not this whatever this is this monstrosity this petty little bitch monstrosity that cares doesn't care about the homeless the hungry the you know uh the uh the people left behind all they care about is whether you are following the holy obligation of gay bashing jesus christ for real anyway well at least we have each other in these perilous times right that's one good thing and as trump tells us there's a very good chance you're not going to die right Trump pop was a bad dude I'm getting more sound effects, believe me. Believe it. Yeah, um, one of the last things, I see the time, we only have a couple of minutes, but as we've been saying the whole time, um, I'm afraid that uh, Biden's going to become the nominee, and we're going to be back here on the day after Election Day licking our wounds Let's play this little gaff montage. This is who the corporate media, the corporate establishment, the elites, the billionaires think is the best possible person to go up against a babbling 72-year-old toddler con man. Here's their antidote. I'm friend and she's a friend. She's been my friend in and out of public life. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Tomorrow's Superstar Tuesday. All right, Chuck. Thank you very much. Uh, all right, uh, it's Chris. I'm but Chris. anyway, my name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look me over if you like. We see help out. If not, vote for the other by. I love this place. I love, look. What's not to like about Vermont? One of the things I'm proudest of. It's getting passed, getting moved, get, getting control of the Paris Climate Accord. I'm the guy that came back after meeting with Deng Xiaoping and making the case that I believe China would join if we put pressure on them. You had people like Margaret Thatcher, excuse me, you had people like the, the former chairman and leader of the party in, in Germany. Go to Joe 303. Three oh. Watch what happened when those kids from Parkland came up to see me when I was vice president. They went under the and some, some of you covered it. It's not that they don't want to help. They don't want. They don't know quite what to do. Play the radio. Make sure the television. The, excuse me. Make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. And it get hot. I got a lot of. I got hairy legs. 
that turned that 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 that, that turned uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight, and then watch the hair come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. What? Um, am I hearing uh, what I'm hearing here? Back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. I love kids jumping on my lap. This is really going to go over well with the community, right? I love kids jumping on my lap. I learned about roaches. I learned a lot. That's the thing that's so annoying about Joe Biden. The babbling. I learned a lot. Is this why black people voted for him? Somebody has to tell me. What the hell is the attraction? Besides the bankruptcy bill and the crime bill and the... The busing, being against busing, and the pan, I'm choking, the pandering. I learned a lot because he was a white lifeguard at a black pool. I learned a lot. I love kids touching my leg. This is what they have done to us. They've inflicted it on us again, and we've tried to warn them. We've been trying to warn them. I tried to warn them last time. We tried to warn them, and they're doing it to us again. Guys, thank you for hanging out. Thank you for being patrons. If you're not a patron yet, become a patron at RDT Daily. And then what the hell? Not at RDT Daily. At patreon.com slash Tara Devlin, because we need about a 1,000 more patrons. We, we will get to the point where we will have a daily show but when we get there what the time we get there, how long it takes us to get there is up to the community we have to yeah it's true patricia on the chat who also called in she says this goes too quickly it goes too quickly for me too believe me i'm serious man i i look up i blink and the show's over i hope that's how you feel about the show if you like the show if you go into a time warp like I do when we do the show, please become a patron. That's all I can say is, and, uh, is ask because we don't have the Mercer family like they do on the right. The Mercer family will not be funding us, so we need each other. All right, and I hope to see you very soon. I don't know, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. I I try to do as many weekday specials as I can. Maybe we can do two this week. I don't know. It depends on my schedule. If I have to get out and and hustle. This is the way I I live because this show doesn't make enough money to support me full-time to be able to do the show full-time and make liberal content. You know what I mean? Even though we that's what we need. So I got to do other things to make money. You know what I'm saying? And keep the show going because it does cost money to do the show. It does. So everything costs money. The stream costs money. Everything costs money. And that's just the way it is. That's why, you know, you don't have uh, the Breitbart people begging for patrons. And I know I shouldn't say begging. It's not begging. We're asking for support because we're in this together 
That's the truth. They don't do that because they have a billionaire backer that's giving that gives them millions of dollars to rent out a townhouse in Washington, D.C. and hire a staff. So you guys are the reason we can do the shows that we can do. So we need more patrons. We need more audience. And we'll get there eventually. And I know that you guys are sharing the show and doing all you can to help us grow. So I have no doubt that we will get there. I'm not sure what day. Everybody's asking on the chat. I don't know. Maybe Tuesday. Maybe Wednesday. Maybe Tuesday and Wednesday. I don't know yet. It depends. I know it sucks. I hate that I can't have a regular schedule on the weekdays because that's another obstacle to building a community. It needs to be consistent no matter what. So we are consistently on Saturdays. But the weekday, I hope that we can do some more shows. Guys, thank you so much for putting up with this shit. My name is Tara Devlin. I appreciate all of your support. And uh, I can't do it without you. So, like I always say, we stick together, we win. My name is Tara Devlin. This is Tara Jr. Jr., And I will see you very, very soon.